Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The text for today's message is taken from our Gospel reading in Luke chapter 1, focusing on these words. And the angel came to Mary, saying, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, children have a, a wonderful way of changing things. One of the first lessons new parents often learn is to keep their plans very flexible. That's because children can change those plans in a heartbeat with dirty diapers, with runny noses, or the occasional bout of inconsolable crying. Yet as dramatic as these micro-crises can feel at the time, I mean, we all know that they're part of every parent's life. And the changes that, uh, that they bring about to our daily lives, our work, and our schedule are certainly worth it in the long run. But there are the bigger shifts that come with children. We take the common example of the young woman or the college student uh, who find themselves pregnant and the tremendous impact that it will have on their work or their studies, not to mention the relationship with the child's father. Or what about the family who has fallen on hard times economically only to find child number three, four, or five on the way? Their initial joy can quickly be swallowed up by the very real and present concerns of doctor visits, hospital bills, and extra miles to feed. Then there are the newlyweds who plan to take time to travel, to enjoy their young marriage, to pay off loans, buy that house or dream car, and lay down some roots before before growing a family. Well, we all know that plans change, priorities shift, and our lives are never the same when children enter into the picture. Despite how overwhelming they can seem at first, nothing in life quite matches the joy and the profound sense of meaning inherent in raising, nurturing, and teaching a child, whether you're a parent or grandparent, uncle or aunt, guardian, teacher, counselor, or friend. And when children are tossed into your life, things change. For children are inherently needy. And I mean that in a good way. Children are needy for their bare essentials, for food, clothing, home, love. But they're also needy for your guidance, their stability, your empathy, your, your maturity, all these things that they learn from you. The popular saying is that children are like blank slates, and to an extent it's true. For children are vulnerable, they are unable to support themselves, they're not fully developed physically, mentally, or emotionally, and so they are needy for your care. Think about this for just a minute. Take everything I just mentioned, all those little joys, those big uncertainties, those hopes, those fears, and in your mind... I want you to try to fathom this. Apply, apply all of those things to the Almighty and the Eternal Lord and God who created the heavens and the earth. I'm asking you to take the, the unbending pillar of, of all the known universe, the omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent God over all things in existence, and put him in the tiniest most fragile, fragile, frag, fragile box imaginable. For brothers and sisters in Christ, this is what's happened in our gospel reading for today at the Annunciation to St. Mary. 
At the time of the Annunciation, St. Luke's uses the Greek word parthenos to describe Mary as she encounters the angel Gabriel. Much has been made of this word regarding uh, uh, what it means, uh, parthenos. In English, we often see it translated as either virgin or, or maiden. Similar definitions in that they both conjure images of purity and devotion. Well, elsewhere in the Holy Scriptures, the same word is also used in conjunction with young women who, who attend the tabernacle and temple preparing offerings and playing music at feasts and festivals. Parthenos. These women lived lives as temples of the Lord themselves, offering their, their service, their skills, and their prayers on behalf of the people of Israel. Well, this I propose is the image Luke had in mind when he dubbed Mary a Parthenos, betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house and the lineage of David. I imagine that before this life-changing event took place, Mary looked forward to the kind of life many devout Jewish women in her day imagined for themselves. I mean, Joseph was, on all accounts, a good man and would make a fine and faithful husband. He was gainfully employed as a carpenter and was well-known and respected in his community. Mary, on her part, had been faithful to her fiancé and would build with him a loving marriage, a household anchored by Sabbath worship and daily prayer, hopefully hearing the pitter-patter of little feet that would, help, uh, to, uh, that would grow to help Joseph in his workshop, and an altogether model image of first-century life in the Jewish part the Roman Empire. Well, in a flash of a moment, all these things changed when the angel made his famous proclamation. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. I want you to pay special attention to the greeting at the beginning once again. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. It's as though Gabriel were saying, I know how this is going to sound. I know how this will look to you. I know the tremendous responsibility that's being laid upon you. I know how you might feel afraid, unready, unworthy, but Mary, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. This seems like a tall order for someone whose entire world was just turned upside down. I mean, think for a moment, as Mary must have been thinking. Think about that hypothetical question I wrestled with a moment ago. What if God became a man, small, humble, fragile, needful? Now think, as she thought, that this was no longer hypothetical, but real, happening now and happening inside of you. Now remember that you're a teenage uh, engaged in a society where evidence of adultery, even premarital adultery, could potentially carry out the punishment of death. Now realize the, the injustice of the fact that you are not an adulterer, but a faithful servant of the Lord, whose definition of favor seems to be loading you with a burden that seems fraught with gossip, judgment, and peril of all kinds. 
And on top of this inconceivable task uh, attendant to the fact that this unborn child is none other than the Messiah, the promised one of old, who would be incarnate among his people to deliver them from sin and death. A lot was riding on Mary in this moment. A whole lot. Nevertheless, the angel began his announcement to Mary, not with a stern warning or a list of instructions, but with the proclamation, the Lord is with you. And for Mary, the saying was quite literal. The Lord is with you. He is part of you. He dwells within you, flesh of your flesh. He will depend on you, need you, love you as his very mother, the same God to whom you have rendered your worship and praise in his temple. You, Mary, are now his temple, and so do not be afraid, but rejoice that the king of all creation has selected you for this new and perfect indwelling of God with man. Children have a wonderful way of changing things, don't they? This child would change everything. Emmanuel in utero, God in the womb of his mother, taking on the flesh and blood like ours would, come into the sinful world and nothing would ever be the same. This freshly conceived zygote would grow into a healthy baby and that baby would become a man, Jesus Christ. And that man, Jesus Christ, would suffer and die for the sins of all humanity. God is with us in the most intimate way imaginable at the Annunciation to Mary, coming to our world in the most unexpected yet ordinary of ways in the body of his unwed teenaged mother. He would not come in power and glory, but in shock and scandal, in lowliness and humility. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as this child would change everything for Mary, so has he changed everything for us. Our Lord and God continues to dwell with us in his flesh through the Holy Supper. Christ continues to come to his church in ways that scandalize our world with their humanity and uh, and modesty. Simple words, ordinary water, humble bread and wine. Let these guarantees of our Savior's abiding presence be to us a joy and a comfort in the midst of all the uncertainties and changes of our sinful world. May we, like St. Mary, be overcome with the joy of our Lord's indwelling, that we may respond in kind to his gracious visitation. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.